0: Oh good morning. Well, lovely to see you all on this Remembrance Sunday. You know, when I was young don't laugh. That's not very nice. When I was young I always wanted to paint and be an artist. But, you know, I tried many, many times. I went to night school, I did all kinds of courses, I did online courses, everything you can imagine. But my painting leaves a lot to be desired, to be truthful. Everything I did ended up in the waste paper basket. But but what, what I do love is to watch a true artist paint. And quite often, you see an artist paint, and they will start with a broad brush. They will put in the outline of what they want to do. And sometimes you can't even see what it's going to be, but they know what it's going to be. And then after that, they start taking smaller brushes, and then suddenly the details and the painting comes together. And, you know, most of you know that I used to run an art gallery, and one of my delights was to see... Paintings come into the gallery because it was like Christmas every day, and my whole gallery used to change often. I used to have all kinds of different pictures. But you know what, we're um, talking about this morning is a, a letter from Paul, and Paul was not an artist. In fact, he wasn't even a very good speaker, but he was amazingly good with words, and he was an artist with words and so what I want to do because we're going to look at a passage from Romans 12 so what I want to do before I go into the passage we're talking about I want to go into the previous part of Romans 12 because what he does here he paints the picture with a broad brush and then he goes into details so so This is an overview, if you like, of how we must behave as believers and followers of Jesus and what we must do to lead a holy life, pleasing and acceptable to God. He begins by saying in this chapter, this is chapter 12, he begins by saying, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And he goes on with, do not think too highly of yourself, that we are all members of one body, we all bring different gifts, but they are all uniquely valuable to the body. He then lists some of these gifts like prophecy, ministry, teaching, giving, and leading. It's at this point that he draws closer to the canvas and with a small brush gives us some detail regarding specific attitudes and actions that must grow out of the principles mentioned above and it's at this point that we come to our reading this morning and i'm going to read from romans 12 921 i don't know where it is in your pew bibles but i'm sure you can find it romans 12 921 what 1570 apparently so Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honour one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. And in this passage, we have a series of do's and don'ts that all deal with everyday life. And I wonder, if it was a tick box exercise, how many ticks could we put alongside those things we we're meant to do? I know that I certainly couldn't honestly put a tick in every box. But we must all understand that we are works in progress. We all have issues to deal with. And as long as we recognize our weaknesses and areas in our life that need to change, pray and give them over to the Lord, we will see over time these areas that we struggle with will improve. Now, have you ever wondered, and I often wonder this, why did God not simply give us a precise, compact listing Of all the principles he wants us to follow, rather than give us 66 books in one. You ever wondered that? Perhaps it's me, I'm I'm a bit of a dreamer and I wonder about these things. In his wisdom, this is what I believe, in his wisdom God knows how we learn best. He teaches us by illustration and by guidance. Therefore, we learn by studying Bible characters. Bible characters show us God's principles worked out in human experience. Now, I thank God that all the characters in the Bible, except for Jesus, are not perfect. Therefore, we can relate to their struggles and temptations, struggles and temptations that we all have to deal with on a daily basis. Paul is showing us in this passage how we are expected to behave as followers and believers in Christ. Note how everything is directly opposed to the usual behavior of people in our world today. The values that people have are generally vastly different from the values of Christ, which as believers we try to follow. The world by and large has rejected The belief in a living God and instead made their God possessions, money, and status. I'm not going into all that Paul tells us to do in this passage because our topic this morning is unconditional honor and I want to concentrate on this subject. It's interesting, isn't it, that today is Remembrance Sunday. And it's a day that we remember those that have fallen, remember those that have died, we remember those that have been injured in wars. And we're talking about honour this morning, and people do honour our fallen and those who lost their lives. But you know, the sad thing is that we we don't hear much about honour apart from times like today. In fact, we are probably the most faithless and dishonoring generation ever. However, in the Bible, the word honor appears 147 times. So it must be important to God. So important that honor appears number five in the Ten Commandments, right in the middle, number five. The fifth commandment says this, honour your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. First of all, I want you to think about this with all the things God could have listed as important. Why would he put honouring of parents in the top ten? Now I hope everyone in this room as or had good parents. But the reality is, and we must not shy away from the fact, that some parents are not so good and some positively bad. Are those that have or had bad parents meant to honor them? Well, I will address this point later in this talk. I think what God is showing us in this commandment is that we are to learn the principle of what it means to honor at an early age. If we do, we are likely to know the value and blessing of honouring as we go through life. Honouring, I believe, is fundamental and essential if we are to have or live a happy and fulfilled life. And the consequences of dishonour are more and more severe the older we get. So this morning, I want to share three things I believe that honor produces, and I will back each one up with passages of Scripture. The first point is this. You cannot have faith without honor. You cannot have faith without honor. Now, this may seem strange to you. It may even surprise you. But I hope to show you that if you want to have greater faith in your life, you need to know the principles of honor. If we look at the fifth commandment again, it doesn't just say honour your father and your mother, but it goes on to say, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, the Apostle Paul noted that this is the first commandment out of the ten with a promise. God is saying there is a blessing that comes from honouring. Now, this is important to understand. The Ten Commandments were given to Moses for the nation of Israel as they came out of Egypt to go into the Promised Land. The principle, I believe, is that God wanted to show us that if you honor your parents, you will honor me. Now, we all know that only two of the people that came out of Egypt, Joshua and Caleb, entered the Promised Land. They were the only two to have faith and trust in the Lord. Those that didn't honor God and have faith in him died in the desert. They didn't honor God as they should, and they did not enter the promised land because of unbelief. Now, let's look at another passage in Scripture to emphasize a point about the relationship between honor and faith. This time, we're going to look at the New Testament. So, this is from Mark 6, 1 to 6, and it says this about Jesus. Then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things, and what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended by him, at him. But Jesus said to them, and this is important thing, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he can do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. So note what it says at the very end. Jesus marveled at their unbelief. So what caused that unbelief? Dishonour. They didn't honour him because he was speaking in his hometown, and the people knew him. They have watched him grow up and known him as a carpenter in his father's workshop. They could not believe uh, who Jesus said he was because of familiarity. Now, familiarity comes from the word family. Jesus grew up in this neighborhood, he was part of the community, and therefore they couldn't see beyond their experience of him. Because they didn't honor him, they didn't have faith to believe who he said he was. Therefore, you, without honor, you cannot have faith. The second point, honor produces blessings. So let's look at a couple of scriptures concerning this in Romans 13, 1 to 2. It says this, "'Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinances of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves.'" And then this one in Luke two fifty one and 52. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Now notice in both these passages, the word subject appears. In this context, it means to submit to without question. And notice in the Luke verse, we see that Jesus was subject to his parents. Now, if Jesus, the Son of God, was subject to his earthly parents and honored them, do you not think that is how we should be to our parents and those in authority? Now, let's look at another verse. And this shows what happens when we don't honor our father and mother. This is from Proverbs 30.11. It says this, There is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. There is a generation that is pure in its own eyes, and yet is not washed from its filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are like swords and whose fangs are like knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. The leech has two daughters, give and give. There are three things that are never satisfied, four never say enough. The grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not satisfied with water, and the fire never says enough. The eyes that mocks his father and scorns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. Now I find this passage very interesting because right at the beginning it talks about honouring your mother and father. And right in the end, it talks about honouring your mother and father. But in the middle of there, there seems to be a passage which doesn't seem to fit. In fact, it looks like it's been cut and pasted into the wrong section. And that passage is where it says, the leech has two daughters, give and give. What's that about? But as we know, a leech is a blood-sucking Creature. And what I believe this is saying is that there is a generation like leeches that suck the blood out of other people and say give and give, and they never have enough because they haven't grown up with the principle of honor. The consequences of not honoring your mother and father or everyone in authority and your friends and neighbors is serious. In Proverbs 30, 11, 13, it says this. Some people curse their father and do not thank their mother. They are pure in their own eyes, but they are filthy and unwashed. They look proudly around, casting disdainful glances. So we see that dishonor causes all types of problems, but honoring produces faith and honoring produces blessings. So the third thing we will see is that honor produces destiny. Honor produces destiny. So I want to go right back to the beginning, to the verse that I quoted, which is um, a, p- a part of the Ten Commandments. It's in Deuteri- Deuteronomy 5.16. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your com- God has commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may well be well with you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. Now, in this verse, he's referring to a promised land for the Israelites. But you know God has a promised land for us. God has a calling and a destiny for each of our lives. What God is saying is that he promises that things will go well with us if we honor our fathers and mothers. He has a promised land for all of us who believe in Jesus I'm not talking about heaven as the promised land here, but the Christian who overcomes the trials and tribulations and lives in the blessings of God on this earth. Now, I said I would come back to the point about um, mothers and fathers. So, throughout this, I have been speaking about honoring your mother and father. Now, I have been blessed that I have had loving parents and a very happy childhood. However, I do recognize that this is not the experience of everyone. And there may be even some here this morning who don't have a relationship with their parents or unhappy memories of their childhoods. As I've talked about honoring your mother and father, to some it may be uncomfortable hearing what I've been sharing So how do you honor parents who have been dishonoring to you? The simple answer is you choose to. It may be that your parents were brought up badly or abused themselves, and they have just replicated what they had to endure into you. But you, as a child of God who has forgiven you your sins, must forgive them. Now, I know that is not easy to do if you have been hurt badly, but forgiving them is the only way that you will be free and not chained to bitterness for the rest of your life. Another thing that you must bear in mind, your experiences may be a help to people who have been struggling with the same situation. You may be the only person able to minister into a situation that no one else can minister to. To honor is not just about parents, though. I believe that God gave us this commandment so that from an early age, we learn to honor and respect him and and other people as we journey through life. Honor, I believe, is rooted in God's word. It's rooted in believing that all people are created in God's image and worthy of being treated as valuable. Many of us us make honoring others conditional. That is, we only give honor to those whom we deem to be worthy of honor. But God, you know, calls us to be different. Because at the end of the day, if we believe that all human beings bear the image of God, then it ultimately means that when when we honor others, we are honoring God. And when we dishonor others, we are dishonoring God. So, let me finish with this. So let us honor God with our time. Honor God with our talents. Honor him with our finances. And honor him with our hearts. God wants to be Lord of our lives. Not just with our words, but also with our actions. We belong to the Lord. So let us honor him 100% with everything we do and every gift he has given us. Let us stand. Can I have the group back up, please? You know, as I said earlier i don 't feel myself personally that there 's much, di- uh, much honor in the world today there 's a lot of dishonoring, and you know we are meant to be different as Christians we are meant to be different and I, and i don 't know about you, but the way that the world is going it goes in a totally different way to the way that we are supposed to go and, and Sometimes I feel like an alien in this world because my beliefs are not the same as the world's beliefs. And we as Christians, we as a church, have got to learn about honour and honouring people because it's important. So let me just pray. So Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are the God You are the God who loves each one of us. You are the God who blesses us. You are the God who's there for us each and every moment of every day, of every second. You are the God who sustains us. And Father, if we have ever been dishonoring to you or to others, Father, we repent now, we say sorry. And I pray, Father, that for each one of us, that as we pray to you, as we look to you, we would honor you with everything that we have. We would give you the honor that's due your name. So Father I pray this morning that uh, people would notice a difference in us as we go about our daily lives that we are not people who abuse people, we're not people who talk badly about people but we are people who honor people because as I've said, every single person on this earth was made in your image And we have absolutely no right to dishonor anyone. So, Father, I just pray your blessing on us. I pray, Father, that you would guide us in all that we do. And that, Father, we would learn to honor everybody. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.